Remember your Creator from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. So last week we looked at some of the wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And this morning we continue the, the wisdom theme as we look at the book of Ecclesiastes. We live at times, we look around in our world and there's not a lot of wisdom, is there? So we need to go back to our roots. We need to search the wisdom that is there for us in the Scriptures. It is there because God wants it to be there. He wants us to be fed by His wisdom because God is a God of wisdom. And the well-known verse that we will concentrate on is, is this. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. When the days come when you will think, it's not fun anymore. As most of you know, um, I grew up in a Christian family and so from before I can remember, I was taught the Bible along with key verses to help me grow as a, as a Christ, in the Christian life. Of course, I had the extra pressure being a, a pastor's son, that uh, pastor's kids need to behave in a certain way. The rest of the stuff that everybody else got away with, I couldn't get away with because everybody's eyes were on me. But let me, so let me be clear that even though I was born to Christian parents, I was not born a Christian. You understand that? And uh, therefore, I had to come to an age where I'm, I made the decision to follow Christ as my Lord and Saviour. When I was young and people gave me a birthday cards, and I thank everybody, I haven't opened the box. <clears throat> Hopefully you said nice things. It's okay if you haven't. I still love you. Uh, so. so, when I was young and people gave me birthday cards and uh, a book as a present, many times they would write this, this verse, Ecclesiastes 12.1, on the inside cover of whatever book they gave me. Now, at the time I thought about the meaning of the verse just a little bit, but not too much. It was a good reminder, but you don't get to reflect a lot. But I did the smartest decision of my life when I was nine years old and that was to ask Jesus into my heart and to love him for the rest of my life. It was actually an open air campaign and dad was preaching. Uh, it was an evangelism in, in Paraguay out in, the, out in the sticks and I actually lifted my hand and gave my life to Jesus. I was baptised at the age of 16. Now that I'm older and someone gives me a book or a card or for some strange reason, reason, they no longer write this verse to me. (laughs) I am 58 years old. But I think about the significance of this verse a lot more because the choices I made then have had a direct impact on my life now. Having made the decision then to become a Christian has certainly saved me from a lot of trouble. 
that is why it is only now that I have, you, you begin to appreciate a verse like this a lot more. And that is why I want to share about this verse with you this morning, some lessons from this verse. So first of all, remember. Remember. This word remember appears in the scriptures about 230 times. A month from today, uh, on the 11th of November, is a special day known as Remembrance Day. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month when peace was declared at the end of World War I, which was supposed to be the war that ends all wars. Most of the world would pause to remember those who fought and died in the Great Wars. Some of you here have had dads and granddads who have been to war and on a day like the November 11th, you remember, we remember all of those who have died in all the wars, in all the conflict. Some of you have had parents in refugee camps, in conflict, have had to fight and you've lost your parents, you've lost your grandparents. It's good to remember. And we live in time which is trying to rewrite history, suppress history, redact it, go and find faults in the decisions that were made in the past. And obviously history is full of mistakes, full of evil. But the moment you suppress it, the moment you, you start, you forget about it and, and you can't go and, and find it anywhere, where are the lessons that we learn from it? Uh, in 1984, uh, George Orwell talks about that. He says, I remember one quote in the book, it said, history was changing. It was always changing. And you think about it, is it history? How can it be changing? That's in the past. But those people in authority were suppressing it, cancelling it deliberately so that you couldn't go back. We are trying to break, we need to break the cycle of forgetfulness and even deliberate suppression. We cannot simply stand by as the truth is suppressed. It is there for a reason. It is there to learn from it. So we need to to break this cycle of forgetfulness that Solomon observed, which often happens. This is what he said in, in chapter 1, verse 11. He said, No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Now that sounds quite depressing, but in, in fact a lot of the times it's actually true. That was then, this is now. No. Learn from them. Sit down with your parents. Sit down with your grandparents. Let them tell you their story, what it was like. Now, when you are young, when I was young, a long time ago, there's not really a lot of stuff to remember, is there, when you're young? Sure, there's all the learning that happens at school and the exams that follow, which 
are there to test the memories and your studies and your, and your, your work. But I'm referring to more to events and experiences. There really isn't all that much that you can accumulate in a few short years. And certainly not enough to write an autobiography by your teenage years, is there? But that hasn't stopped people like Justin Bieber from writing his, his book. Because for the young, the future is still ahead of you and unless you are into time travel, it's pretty hard to remember the future, right? Unless you're, you know, go back to the future, Fox, right? remember him? So that is why it's only as you get older that you start collecting more and more information that gets locked away in your head, in the hard drive, and, and until the hard drive starts to fail, uh, you, you do turn to remember a lot of stuff. But that's another story. But when the, so when the Bible calls us to remember in this context, it means to consider, to ponder, to take seriously, to contemplate, to not forget, to allow the thought to modify and change your behaviour. It's not there to remember and get us all worked up and angry because somebody did an injustice all that time ago. It's not there so that we could be jealous about somebody used to be nothing and now who do they think they are. It's not like that. It's there to take which is good and to build our life upon it. And there's another take of it in, in the message translation of the Bible. Instead of saying remember, it says honour and enjoy. The author of this book, as well as the book of Proverbs, is none other than King Solomon. By all accounts, he was the richest, wisest person that ever lived. And in the context of the verse that we read, it is ironic that despite making very wise choices early on in his life, as he grew older, he made many, many mistakes, sins that grew into national mistakes. And these would have tremendous consequences for his descendants and for the generations that followed. The kingdom would soon split and so on and so forth. And idolatry was starting to creep in. So here, as in other passages, he's now giving us some, some warning about that. Of course, the young cynic will say, well, it's okay for you to, to say that. You've, you've had your fun. You've had your pleasures. You've had all those wives. You've slept with all those women. And, and here you're telling us that we should control ourselves. And he's saying, this is exactly what I'm telling you. Don't do this. He's now getting old and there is no going back to undo all those excesses. The best he can now hope for is that others will not make the same mistakes that he did. And this is not just for a moment, but pretty much for a whole period of life to build upon that which is good, that which is true. So who are we to remember? 
Well, we are to remember our Creator. We are to honour God who made each of us according to his image. Unfortunately, this is not what many people believe today. They think that we are the product of billions of years of random chance evolution. That we have somehow evolved from something less into something more. From scum, pond scum, to suddenly this. I said, well, what's the difference, you know? The truth is, the truth is that instead of evolving from something less into something more, Genesis tells us that we actually devolve from something great into something less. And that was because of sin, because of our rebellion. That's what sin does. It destroys you. It cuts you. We, are, we were planned and made by God. In fact, the Bible starts out by saying, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then speaking directly about Jesus himself, it says, Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible. All things were created through him and for him. That's it, right there. And the the tremendous implication of these verses that if God made us, sin unmade us, but Jesus remade us in his image. Consider the thoughts of children, for example, who know that they have been adopted. You hear sometimes these, uh, the, the stories of um, they, they've been adopted by a certain family, sometimes a very early age, and somewhere along, usually in the teenage years, they want to go and find out who their biological parents are. As they grow older, these children um, have this desire that grows in them to know, to meet who their biological parents are and and who were the ones responsible asking questions why did you abandon us why did you leave us many questions right but if this is a natural feeling from children physically and emotionally physiologically uh, humanity also asks the question how we got here are we alone have we been Abandoned? Have we just been left to our own devices? Like the scum from which supposedly we came from. And they have come up, you know, philosophers have come up with all these different answers and the one that that they cannot answer is, how did we get here? Don't answer... What is the meaning? What is the purpose? Because if you don't answer how we got here, then there is no purpose, there is no meaning. You have to sort that out before the rest of this stuff starts to make sense. 
And the Bible tells us that God hasn't forgotten us, that we were the ones who have forgotten about him, rejected him, wanted to do nothing to do with him. And it, and it was Solomon who, who told us in chapter 3, verse 11 in Ecclesiastes, he said, God has set eternity into the hearts of men. Right at the moment of conception, that magical, incredible, sacred moment, that holy moment, at the moment of conception, God placed this heavenly pull into our DNA. He set eternity into the hearts of men. Right at the very beginning, when those two cells joined and the multiplication begins. You are precious, you are intentional, you are deliberate, you are a masterpiece. God the Father fashioned you, he moulded you, he he formed you. Therefore, the word is remember. Remember your creator. It's much more than simply the, the recollection of things, but it is a call to get to know your father. This relationship. And as we walk with him and listen to him, he will explain things to us. He will explain his world to us. So when is the best time to do this, to begin this journey? Well, in the days of your youth. Honour and enjoy your creator while you are still young, is the message translation. The Bible tells us of some great men of God who served him through their youth. Who are they? Well, men like Joseph, Samuel, David, Solomon, Josiah, Daniel. Jesus, at the age of 12, was already arguing with the teachers at the temple. And young Timothy, who had known the scriptures from childhood, he was to be an example to others. This is what Paul tells him. How from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It's interesting to hear statistics of when people usually accept Christ and submit their lives to God. By far, they say that the great majority of decisions are made before the age of 18. One reason for that, I presume, is that the older you get, the more that pride sets in. We find ourselves fixed in our ways, stubborn, find it harder to repent because you have to say sorry for the things that you've done. When the tracks are deeper, it is harder to, for the river to change course. The other side of the coin is the more worrisome statistic which tells us that 90% of our young people will leave the church once they finish high school. 
That's a worry, right? So in the following verses in Ecclesiastes, Solomon tells us that we, we need to start a relationship with our Creator before all these things start to happen to you. The implication was also to keep going. That which you started, keep going. Keep fighting. Keep up. Get right with God at an early age and continue after that. And fourthly, before. Before what? See, so see, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. According to the message translation, before the years take their toll and your vigour wanes. Those difficult days in life. So firstly, let's break that down a little bit. Firstly, remember God in your prime. At the very least, Solomon is saying to to us that we need to remember our Creator when we are in our prime, not in our subprime. This is what Solomon focuses on in in the rest of the verses. He uses different metaphors or pictures to talk about our our teeth, the grinders, our eyesight, our hearing, our mobility, the colour of our hair physical attraction, all of of which just don't respond as they once did. Do you notice that? The late American comedian uh, George Burns once said, "Tennis, tennis is a game for young people. Until age 25, you can play singles. From there until age 35, you should play doubles. And he said, I won't tell you my age, but when I played, there were 28 people on the court and just on my side of the net. (laughs) Remember God in your prime. Secondly, remember God in your preparation for life. There is a lot to be said for preparing yourself for the tough times that lie ahead. It's interesting that while most people have a dream to retire and enjoy life, you know, get that caravan and tow it around the universe for endless times and years, reality is just not there, is it? You park it and then you never move it again. I mean, you can't just wait for retirement to to enjoy life and to, to be prepared for life. You can't just park yourself somewhere and close the doors. I know some of us, you know, sad moments have feelings like that. Just run away. Find some cave and just whittle away. And, and Solomon actually considers considers these days the, the days of trouble when the fun is no longer there. But let, let's, let's consider the lesson of, a, of an Olympian, who an Olympic swimmer, for example, who spends 
five hours a day, at least for four years or more, to prepare for a race that lasts for a minute or less than a minute. It hardly seems fair to trade years of preparation for seconds of glory, does it? For many, after that, that seconds of glory and your moment on the podium, maybe even a gold medal, what happens after the cameras aren't clicking anymore? You're no longer in the limelight. You're no longer in the headlines. What happens after that? Many of them actually lose their mind. They, they try one thing after another, just trying to regain that moment. That, and many struggle. Just read the stories. Why? Because they haven't planned for what comes after. It was all about the moment. It was all about the mountain peak. What about the other side? Can I say that for the Christian, it's not downhill on the other side. It's actually, if you thought you reached the mountaintop on earth, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. That If you thought that the hope of glory is for just a few moments, the rest, eternity is awaiting. It's there. This glory is fading, but eternally we are getting renewed, this hope of glory. I've just spent moments with, with mum beside her, let's, let's call it for what it is, her deathbed, and, and she's just telling me stuff about Jesus and her life and she just wants to go. The hope of glory, she's pulling, she's, it's, it's calling her, it's drawing her. This life hasn't been the peak. This life has not been Everest. The best is yet to come. So don't put all your hopes in this world, in, in your dreams, whatever they are. You know, beautiful car, beautiful house, beautiful wife, beautiful children, blah, blah, blah. So on it goes. It's all going to fade, guys. But you see, and the message there is, don't live your life for just a few moments, but, but stand strong through the trials of life. Stand Stand, stand, don't fall over. Stand firm against the enemy. You've given, been given all the protection, all the tools, all the things that you need to live life to its fullest and then the rest is waiting. The promotion, the ultimate promotion. The last thing we want to, to do is think that we're going to be sailing through life untouched what we need to do is have our firm, our faith firmly planted in the words of our Creator who's saying, this is how I want you to live for these years, one to a hundred, and then eternity. Thirdly, remember your Creator when habits are formed. Remember your Creator when habits are formed. One of the, one of the lessons that is drilled into the riders of bicycles and, and motorcycle riders is that you, you, you're, you will always go wherever your eyes are looking at. 
So if you see a rock in the middle of your path or a pothole, you're gonna, and that's where your eyes are focused, you're actually going to hit it. What you need to do is, is look further ahead and, and maintain your balance and you will keep going. If, if, if you and I, we fix our eyes on some bad habits, our attention is going to be drawn to those, to those appetites. If you hold on to a habit that you know is wrong, it's not going to get easier to give up someday. It'll be harder. Because those habits, those bad habits, wherever they are, they're going to just keep forming deeper and deeper tracks in your life. It's going to be harder to let go. So the earlier that we start along the path where we want to end up, the easier it will be later on. Same, particularly in the moments of youth, keep focus on Jesus and it will avoid you many potholes in the future. You're going to see your friends, you're going to see others just smashing to the side of the road through life, literally sometimes. But you need to stay on the road. Stay on the path. This is serious, guys. Because this is life, what I'm, what I'm sharing with you. Fourthly, to avoid more troubles. This is why we need to remember our Creator. Nobody starts out life dreaming of a life of drug addiction. That is not my dream, right? I'm sure many kids, many adults didn't start out that way. They didn't, you know, you talk to anybody in jail... I'm sure they would have said to you, you know, you are, I've, I've visited inmates and others. And, and nobody says to you, I've always dreamed of being a criminal. That was my hope in life. I just wanted to rip people off, right? Just wanted to murder. No. That's one area. Another area, contemporary problem, right? We are not confused about our gender. We are not born confused about our gender. The plumbing will immediately indicate how God has made you. There's no confusion. Confusion happens when we start listening to the world with its own ideological intentions. That's when confusion starts. And being lost is, what is being lost? It's, it's taking a wrong turn. The result of wrong moral choices that are taken when you take one turn and in order to fix it you go and get lost even more and more and more and then you get stuck and you can't get out. What are the words of the psalmist? Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And says the answer is there, by living according to your word. That is clear as a bell. By living according to your word. The message that the world is targeting our young people, not just young people, they're targeting our infants now. Right? And primary, and youth, and young adults. And they're telling us, you are missing out on a good life. Um, 
Solomon is saying, you're not missing out on anything. Right? I've tried it all. Talk to any old Christian here and they will tell you that you're not missing out on anything except the potholes. Uh, There's a story of a man who came rushing up to a ferry at the dock and he was out of breath after running really fast to get to his ferry. Unfortunately for him, uh, by the time he got there, the, the gates were closed and, and, the, and the gateman just shut the door in his, in his face. And a bystander who was, who was said to him, you didn't run fast enough. And the disappointed man answered, I ran fast enough, but I didn't start on time. Right? To live a life of meaning and purpose to its fullest, start early. Otherwise, there's a lot of catching up to do later on. And that is why the Bible says, in the days of your youth. Having said all that, the last thing I want to do this morning is, is, think, is get you to think that God is only interested in the young people. He's not interested about old people, right? But you know what? That is not the message of the scriptures. The master of the vineyard holds out rewards even for those who start work at the 11th hour. There is the promise of paradise even for the criminal who can't go and undo all the stuff that he did while he's hanging on a cross next to the Saviour. What he does do is plead to the Saviour to remember him. While old age can be painful, it can also be rewarding. For those who have found the satisfaction of a loving and close relationship with the Heavenly Father through faith in his Son, The sunset years can be more appropriately labelled the golden years. This is the age of influence. This is when you are leaving your legacy to those who are coming up, whether they be your children or your grandchildren or the young people in the church that you belong to. Robert McQuilkin wrote, God planned the strength and beauty of youth to be physical, but the strength and beauty of age is spiritual. We gradually lose the strength and beauty that is temporary so that we will concentrate on the strength and beauty that is forever. That's good, isn't it? So folks, the one who came to save us, the one who came to remake us in his image, he's not finished with us yet. It takes a lot of work for him to transform us and we resist the work that he's doing in us, right? But through grace, through his strength, our sins are forgiven, God's workmanship becomes a masterpiece, a holy and precious product that will be ready by the time that he calls us home. That is his promise. He who started a good work It's going to bring it to completion. 
He won't get you into heaven half done. You're going to be complete. That is his promise. Remember this always. Remember your creator. Amen.